Hello, thank you so much for tuning into the Soul Tending podcast. If you don't already know me, I am Janya Wongsopa, a yoga teacher and an astrology practitioner. I hope the last phase of the fall season for those of you living in the northern hemisphere like I am bring you some refreshing experiences and perspectives that sustain your hope and faith. I just came back from my road trip to Palm Springs last Thursday and that trip was definitely sustaining to me, definitely gave me hope and refreshed my body and heart. The beautiful thing about Palm Springs is that it's a little heaven for the LGBTQ plus folks. And for someone like me who feels safe and happy in a diverse society, Growing up, and some of you probably heard me talking about this or or some part of it um, before, growing up as a dreamy introvert child who had to relocate to many towns, I did not have many friends. But as soon as I was settled into more permanent homes, so still multiple homes, but actually in one neighborhood um, in Bangkok. I found one best friend in that neighborhood. They were queer and homosexual. And we were buddies throughout my grade school and junior high until they moved away. I found another best friend in high school who was also queer and homosexual. And you might be questioning why I was moving within one neighborhood um, to different homes. It's because of my dad's job and his positions were such that whenever he moved up through his ranking, the job came with housing and so he had to move to a different house that assigned to that particular uh, ranking in his uh, work position. Anyway, um, I don't think it was an accident that I had two best gay friends during the most rebellious and informative um, years of my life. It certainly clearly shows in my natal chart with my North Node in the queer um, sign, rebellious sign, Aquarius. I was and am always inspired by people who embodied the opposite of gender normative or the opposite of what the society deems normal or standard. There is something bold, unique, and highly intelligent or integrated about queerness. They hold the qualities I am attracted to and want to cultivate or bring out more from within myself. 
With my South Node in Leo, I am deeply conditioned to follow the traditional patriarchal rules which repress my sexuality. I am attracted to diversity and freedom, and this means that I am attracted to all gender-identified people, even as I choose to commit to a long-term partnership with a male cisgender. Yet, he is someone who is completely open-minded, and this is actually the most attractive quality of all that I am magnetized to. I feel that it's extremely harmful to box in human sexuality. So it felt so free to hang out at a place that celebrates all kinds of queerness. Each morning in Palm Springs, I sat outside looking at the San Jacinto Mountains and breathing the fresh air. The planets and stars could be observed clearly before sunrise. I am not a night person and normally in bed by 9pm, which means I can't really see much of the sky beings as the city light um, obstruct their luminosity. So being able to see the celestial beings in the early morning time was super special for me. And visiting the Georgia Tree National Park was an icing on the cake. I am in love with rocks and boulders. The love affair began early in life. I remember feeling so magnetized and fascinated by the mineral people, by all kinds of rocks. All minerals feel like the most precious treasures to me, which they are. My body craved them, so being in the area that is rich with minerals and rocks and boulders fed me to the core. I am also so thankful that I have had many opportunities to travel and explore different scenes, social settings, and landscapes. And the traveling is really key to open-mindedness and freedom. Freedom of movement, freedom of thoughts and beliefs because when you travel and you are exposed to various perspectives, you can synthesize them and you can come up with your own unique truth. This recent trip reminded me of the nomadic DNA in my body. My ancestors traveled along the Silk Road between China and the Mediterranean Sea. So I have uh, mostly uh, Chinese in my DNA, but I also have a little bit of Southern European in me uh, alongside with a tiny, teeny bit of Native American. The need to roam and perhaps I am fulfilling what my ancestors desired to experience. It's 
why I am the only one in my family to land in the U.S. and um, to travel to many places my ancestors could only dream of. I am less like a tree who is rooted in one place, but more like an animal who roams and migrates to certain areas for certain purposes. When I don't travel, I begin to feel a bit crazy, to be honest. Well, I hope my sharing about the trip offers you some emotional stimulation that helps you to further reflect on the kind of elemental and social environments that support your nature. As I get older, my desire to roam far and wide lessens and I prefer to venture more locally or to be at places that feel more familiar and homey. But I will not be surprised if in the future I feel the urge to go somewhere completely unknown. I mean... Eventually, we all have to go there, right? Through our aging body and through death. That's the complete unknown for us who are alive. It all depends on how the life force is moving through me. My point is that there is no right or wrong when it comes to traveling or movement at all levels, in general, some of us need more physical movement, more traveling and or mental stimulation, and some of us need less. You simply have to listen to your cyclical body and connect to the seasons of nature to celebrate your unique soul journey, to keep exploring life on earth, and to grow into more of yourself, into greater spirit that you are. So now let's take a look at the greater body at the cyclical planets and stars and explore how their movements mirror our soul evolution and how we might consciously participate in the personal and collective human journeys. This podcast episode is for Thursday, November 30th to Wednesday, December 13th of 2023. The overarching theme of this phase is Sagittarius New Moon Square Neptune in Pisces. This phase feels slower, quieter, and heavier than the last two weeks. This is the phase for emotional integration after much outward expression and social connection of the last phase. There is an elemental shift from mutability to greater stability, from air and fire to more water and earth. 
Mercury transitions from the expansive Sagittarius to the conservative Capricorn on December 1st. And Venus leaves the extrovert Libra to enter the introvert Scorpio on December 4th. Their transits reflect the need for the body and mind to slow down, stabilize, and restore. The luminaries fade from the brightness of the full phase to the darkness of the new phase. During this waning period, from the waning gibbous moon in Cancer to the new moon in Sagittarius, the soul is called to tune inward toward emotional integration and away from socialization. Neptune stationing direct on December 6 after five months in a retrograde phase is an invitation to be still and surrender to the gravity of the present reality. Releasing attachment to illusions requires faith. This is the time to face the dark, cold reality with the warmth in your beating heart and an unshakable trust in the spirit that moves it. Venus is the major influencer at this time. Venus makes a square to Pluto, a trine to Saturn, an opposition to Jupiter, and a sextile to Mercury. Their busy transit reflects the collective need to remember personal values and heal self-worth through healthy boundaries. Mercury is a big creative force during this heavy phase. Mercury makes a sextile to Saturn and Venus as well as a trine to Jupiter. Their transit echoes the human capacity to integrate intuition with mental discipline and balance passion with pragmatism. The more organized and patient you are, the easier you can access divine intelligence, write your own stories, and live your dreams. The Sagittarius new moon on December 12th occurs just a few hours before Mercury stationing retrograde. This new moon also squares up with Neptune in Pisces. The configuration creates much mental drama that either expands creativity and intuition or increases deception and delusion. The end of this two-week period encourages you to fully let go of unrealistic dreams and old beliefs that no longer support your current reality. Staying open-minded and curious is the way forward toward creative collaboration and greater opportunities. So choose your beliefs wisely.
due to my recent traveling, I had a limited time to prepare this bi-weekly soul tending. So instead of the daily theme for the 14 days, I am focusing on the major planetary transits and aspects. I hope my astrological interpretation helps you consciously embody your soul journey and transform the subconscious into awareness, intention, and holistic action. The first major planetary transit is on December 1st, Mercury enters Capricorn. Mercury generally spends about a month in a sign. However, due to the long retrograde phase, Mercury is in Capricorn until February 5th of 2024. During the retrograde period, Mercury returns to Sagittarius on December 23rd and re-enters Capricorn on January 13th. For the next two months, while the planet of communication spends their time in the sign of material achievement, you are invited to focus on long-term plans and cultivate careful consideration in your thinking and speech. Being consistent in your work and communication supports mental stability and boosts social bond during this uncertain time. The first major planetary aspect of this phase is on December 3rd. It is Venus-Pluto square. Venus in Libra is a celebration of partnership harmony and all things lovely and beautiful in relationship. The square to Pluto in Capricorn reflects the incongruence between what you desire in partnerships and how you actually act and feel in the relationships. The Venus-Pluto square brings up the karmic theme of your life. This is the time to turn inward, ask deep questions, and find the root cause of interpersonal disharmony. Notice when strong feelings such as shame, guilt, embarrassment, anger, or envy show up. Observe what you feel and how you react. This is an opportunity to mature beyond a repeated pattern that has kept your relationship dynamic, dysfunctional, and you feeling like a victim. Now, real talk. Personally, having been into long-term partnerships, the first one lasted 13 years and the current one is um, 16 years and going strong, as well as counseling several people who have had partnership issues through my Ayurveda and astrology practices, I have found that those and these include my past self, 
who possess unhealthy boundaries also lack the ability to fulfill our unmet needs. I know that my boundaries are stronger now than ever because I no longer dwell on what is wrong with me and the world. In the past, I would complain, nag, and whine about the horrible state of the world and other people, especially individuals whom I perceive to possess extreme power and wealth. Now, my focus has shifted to fulfilling my own basic needs and acting and speaking according to my values, which are the opposite of being a victim or expressing unhelpful or destructive criticism or cynicism. This doesn't mean that I am a perfect human and no longer experiencing relationship frictions. There are times of weakness when I revert back to my old pattern, but I can now generally recover within a short period of time, minutes or hours, instead of days and weeks or even months and years in the long past. Because I am now generally in a more peaceful and sweet emotional tone, it's easier to notice when my mind starts focusing on the flaws and the lacks. As soon as I am aware of the negative mentality, I begin to reflect on what I have been doing. Generally, it's pretty obvious, like drinking coffee, which is super rare these days. But on the recent trip that I was just on, I did not sleep well one night because the mattress at the hotel wasn't comfortable. I woke up feeling not good and there was no kettle to make my hot chicory drink, which is an important part of my morning routine, a way for me to integrate the previous night and the coming daylight. So I had coffee instead (laughs) that morning and I was in a bad mood complaining about everything to my partner for like 30 minutes and then I realized through mid-sentence as I was complaining um, how my action of drinking coffee had caused the negative emotional reaction. This is such a mild example, but you can imagine if someone's limited uh, life circumstances compounded by wrong lifestyle and food choices for their unique body and soul, there is no way that their needs and values are met because healthy physical boundaries aren't there. Complaint Nagging and whining are actually how we cross the boundaries and get into other people's businesses in the wrong way, the way that doesn't actually solve any problem or change the person who we criticize. It is what we do when we lack the inner authority to fulfill our own needs and express our values. This is not because we are weak or bad people, 
but because our parental and social conditionings repressed our instincts and intuitions early on in our lives, we had to deal with the incongruences in ways that were so upsetting to our equilibriums that we had no choice but to allow our boundaries to break in order to survive such conditions. Therefore, the victim mentality became the safe zone for us to navigate the world. We believe that our limitations are still caused by other people and things that in actuality have nothing to do with our present immediate physical experiences. Moreover, criticism without concrete solutions and cynicism tend to expand when a group of people with weak boundaries get together. We complain about politics, climate change, wars, and the social divide. When we are with our like-minded friends, it's highly socially encouraged because when our boundaries are weak, we feel constantly internally threatened. And by receiving assurance that others are on our side and suffering in the same way and are fearful just like us, we somehow feel safer, right? Safer in numbers. In fact, if you possess healthy boundaries and you refuse to join in on the victim talk, people could perceive you as unsympathetic or put you in an opposite political and social boxes. It's a state of disempowerment for everyone involved. But it doesn't have to be that way. The Venus-Pluto square reflects our capacity to transform, to shine the light of awareness into the dark or subconscious emotional pattern that keeps us feeling disempowered. Divorcing from victimhood and marrying personal responsibility allow you to commit to your needs. Meeting your needs empowers you to express the values that support those needs and strengthen healthy boundaries. The more you exercise your inner authority by fulfilling your basic needs and acting on your values through personal responsibility, accountability, and self-discipline, the less you need to rely on codependence and the more you can positively contribute to your relationships. The second major planetary transit occurs on December 4th, which is when Venus enters Scorpio. Venus transits through Scorpio from December 4th to um, December 29th. Venus 
in Scorpio is a bit like the Venus Pluto square, as Venus is at home in the friendly Libra, but not so much in the Pluto's home sign, Scorpio. So for the next three weeks, your values are put to the test and how worthy you feel, especially in intimate relationships and or ancestral connections can inform you whether you are in or out of alignment with your values. The sweeter your life feels, the more precious it is to you. On the other hand, the bitterer you feel, the more you want a different or better and worthier life. Your feelings are never wrong, but how you react to them or consciously act upon them determines whether you are fulfilling your needs and feeling nourished or coming up empty and feeling powerless and victimized like you are dying inside. Scorpio is literally associated with death. And again, you are not wrong if this dead feeling inside you have in your intimate and ancestral relationships. Still, too much sweetness isn't good either. It keeps you in the superficials. To deeply nourish yourself at the soul level, you need to spend some time in darkness, bitterness, and grief. You are living on the same planet that countless others have lived, suffered, and died. The intimacy of life requires that you feel all the feelings available to you including pain and agony. As the Buddha put it, quote-unquote, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Therefore, if you focus on avoiding pain, you miss the chance to let go of suffering. Venus in Scorpio is an invitation to embrace the most deviant, traumatic, and secretive parts of yourself. Without them is without deep feelings and intimacy. By embracing them, you can transform darkness into the light of awareness, bitter feelings into sweet gratitude, and victimhood into empowerment. The second major planetary aspect occurs on December 11th and it is Mercury-Venus sextile. Mercury in Capricorn is mental steadiness. Venus in Scorpio is emotional depth. The sextile aspect is a creative collaboration that magnetizes more physical stability and psychological ease. 
The key to friendship and reciprocity is empowering others to express themselves authentically by communicating honestly and respectfully. You gain trust and can draw out the best in your friends and partners. The more they feel respected and valued, the more they can add value to your life. The third and final major planetary transit of this phase. Occurs on December twelfth, and it is Mercury stations retrograde. Mercury is in retrograde until January first of twenty twenty four. There is a pre-retrograde shadow that began on November twenty fifth, and there is a post. Retrograde shadow that will last from January first to January twentieth of twenty twenty four. This means that for about two months, there are opportunities for Mercury, the mind, to embrace curiosity and allow communication glitches. To guide you toward new and more creative collaborations, Mercury returns to Sagittarius on December twenty third, and re-enters Capricorn on January thirteenth. The transit reflects how your old belief system is preventing you from learning new ways to communicate better with your audience, customers, friends, or coworkers. However, be mindful of moving too quickly. Using your mercurial power with careful consideration empowers you to reevaluate and refine your thoughts and communication, which allows you to articulate yourself clearly and favorably. As Mercury moves in and out of Capricorn. There is the need to slow down, discipline the mind, and choose what supports long-term physical integrity and material success. Social media can help you access and expand connections. AI can help you generate content, but if you are spending your resources, money, labor. And time on unnecessary content creation and communication, you lose more than what you gain. Caring for your nervous system with breath awareness and practicing digital detox are also crucial at this time of information overload. The fourth and fifth major planetary aspects are closely tied to each other and occurring on the same day of Mercury stationing retrograde on December twelfth. The aspects are 
Sun Moon conjunction in Sagittarius or Sagittarius New Moon and New Moon Neptune Square. Jupiter holds the frequencies of both Sagittarius, where the Sun and Moon conjoin, and Pisces, where Neptune resides. This means that this new moon is wildly imaginative and boundless. Jupiter expands the mutability of both Sagittarius and Pisces. This Sagittarius new moon is an invitation to begin a new spiritual quest. However, if you want to explore the metaphysical realm safely, you need a strong physical container. This is the time to cultivate healthy boundaries at all levels, physical, emotional, and mental. It isn't a time to casually expose yourself to hallucinogens of any kind, though psychic sensitivity allows for intuitive feelings and creative insights. But when unchecked, it can overwhelm physical instincts and intellectual reasoning, resulting in increased sentimentality, melodrama, proselytization, delusion, and gullibility. If you suspect that you are emotionally sensitive or an empath like me, you might benefit from simple grounding activities such as physical exercises, especially weight lifting, as well as cooking, cleaning, and gardening. So anything that has to do with gravity, nature, and everyday routines. If you feel tired or exhausted, your body is already aligning with the moon phase and the Neptunian frequencies. Now is the time to release the past, let the body and mind rest, and replenish the soul with spiritual feelings of forgiveness, compassion, love, trust, and faith. A spiritual quest is an inward journey of emotional integration after much external movement of physical and mental expressions or social connection. Much like how the muscle needs to recuperate after an exercise, in order to repair and rebuild itself, when you take a spiritual quest, you stop physical and psychic wear and tear by tuning in to the spiritual feeling of interconnectedness or unconditional love. And when you fill your mind and body with love and kindness, you empower the spirit to move through you in generative ways. You can sleep deeply and dream anew. You can birth your future from the rich compost of your past, from spiritual to material, from emotion and imagination to action. This is the spiritual quest that the Sagittarius new moon square Neptune in Pisces invites you to take. Have a safe and fruitful journey. Mm -hmm.
you for meditating on the major celestial events and tending to your soul with me. I hope you can find some quiet time during this two-week period to tune into silence, listen to your heart, and celebrate your truth. May your warmth and veracity be the beacon for every souls who cross your path. I love you. Have a heartfelt and insightful Sagittarius New Moon.